the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Okay, so we are going to be learning. I'm continuing on the transforming power of the Spirit. But the first part, I want to touch on the seven spirits of God. Uh, But before that, I was thinking maybe I'd do something different, maybe for a minute or two. Let me take some questions from the audience. Interesting, eh? Yeah, interesting. Uh, Let's see. How will I pick? Any, mini... Um, yeah, let me take some questions from the audience. Don't worry, guys, I'm the pastor. I know what I'm doing. Okay, those who want to ask, can you raise your hand? If I don't pick you today, can you promise me you won't get offended? Okay. Uh, Shula. Okay, uh, Sama, don't worry. You can take your seat. I think they not know what to do. Shola, you've got a question? Yes. yes, Shola. Okay, so my question is, from your experience as a pastor, how do you deal with two members arguing with each other? <laughs> you know what's interesting? Almost every time I've had to deal with two people arguing, they all think I took the other one's side. Because when I'm talking to the person, the Bible says the first to plead his case seems right until the other person examines him. So when I'm talking, they have to be mature to handle the way I deal with things. Because when I'm talking to a person, I'll first deal with how they should have done things better. But in essence, I try to listen to both and also to sit them down. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Shola, for your question. Um, who else would like to ask? Okay, Nkole. Yes, Nkole. Good morning, Pastor. Hi. Looking great. Thank you. Mine Finally. The suit, Daddy, the suit. Oh, yeah, my, my wife picked it. Let's go. <laughs> okay, sir. Sorry for taking you off topic. Okay. So, I hear you're a consultant. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, my, my question is regarding to business. Okay. Uh, if I wanted to open up a business, um, a, uh, a sole trader business or a company, which one is the best advantage when... The company or the sole trader? Wow, in church. But anyways, it depends, really. Sole trader is way easier to open, but then the biggest disadvantage is that 
you take up the personality of the business. So if there's any uh, deficits in card, the law can follow you as a person. Whereas if it's a company, the company will have its own personality. So the company, it's also easier with regards to certain investments. So it depends on how big you see it growing. But the advantage is that even if you start as a sole trader, you can still eventually move the same business into being a company. So, and make sure you register your business name fast, not just posting on Facebook, someone goes to steal it. Thank you, Pastor. Okay, thank you, Cole. Uh, I'll take a few more. Uh, let's see. This side. Manasseh, since you were singing a lot. Manasseh, what's your question? Thank you so much, Pastor. Uh-huh. Um, I can't say it again, but you're looking good. Uh, you know, <laughs> talk to me. <laughs> okay, so my question is, since you excel so much at being such a great husband. Um, really? I didn't know. <laughs> is there, are there any tips that you can give on, you know, being a good husband to the gents out there? <laughs> you guys are really taking me off topic. But nevertheless, I think among many, just ensure that your marriage is your own world, that um, God has given you a stewardship over it. As a matter of fact, before he asks your wife, he'll ask you, because God asked Adam before he asked Eve. And the word husband comes from a Latin word which literally means house band. So it's you to bind the house together. So take it very personal and take it as your responsibility to ensure that it's your own world and in that world your wife should be the queen. So thank you. Okay. Uh, fine. Let me take a few more. Just a few. Uh, who else? There is a hand. Uh, okay, from media. Aaron. Uh, good morning, Pastor. Morning, how are you? I'm alright, how are you? Looking sharp. Thank you. Um, my question goes like, um, can you name three of the top goal scorers in the history of the Premier League? You're taking me to football now. <laughs> okay, I, I, I think off the top of my head, I would think, and I'll be corrected, but I would think the highest is probably Alan Shearer, probably. And number two could be Rooney. Is it Rooney? I don't know, Rooney or, or, or somebody else. And then Harry Kane is somewhere in the middle. Harry Kane overtook Rooney last season. Okay, then it's Alan Shearer, then Harry Kane, and then Wayne Rooney. And Alan Shearer is most likely going to preserve his record. And he played most of his seasons at Newcastle, but he won the league once with Blackburn. That should have been 95, right? When he won it with Blackburn. Okay, guys, uh, we are in church, so hopefully the questions get better. I'll have two more. Two or three more. Uh, next question. Okay, Jabu is like the, the leader. We, we've had a, Jabu, let's hear from you. Thank okay, you. Jabu. <laughs> Jabu, what's your question? Reading on behalf of Mbawemi. <laughs> or asking on behalf of Mbawemi. Good morning, Pastor Sir. Morning, how are you? I'm awesome. You look good. Thank you. Um, Pastor, with the knowledge of you being a DS analyst, mention one political negative effect of globalization. <laughs> 
Okay. Perhaps from a political perspective, uh, countries may not really express the sovereignty that they would want to. Reason being, they would have to think of the global perspective of how to be viewed. So for example, uh, Uganda is now facing sanctions from a global perspective because they've made an individual decision over how they would deal with the issue of homosexuality. So it's like now, before you sit, you're not thinking what will my people think, you're now thinking what will the powers that be think. Okay, uh, next question. Uh, Taonga. She's young, let her ask. And this is the penultimate question. After you, I only have one more. So, <laughs> hi, Pastor. Hi, Taonga. So, my question is that since you are an author, uh -huh. can you give us some tips about writing books? Okay. Here's one tip I'll give you about writing a book. When you feel it right, you may not feel it the next day. So when you get inspiration, inspiration is so expensive, people go pay people to inspire them. When you feel it just right. Who the final question go to? Okay, Tikonsui. Yes, Sui. Good morning, Pastor. Morning. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh -huh. um, so my question is in line with fatherhood. As you know, I'm a new father in this thing. So I wanted to ask you, a well-seasoned father. Well-seasoned, one year age, but then it's going. Yes, Pastor. So uh, my question is, um, how do you bond with your child? You have to make time for them. And then realize that they're like, for me, you know the hardest part? The part that really shocked me, how demanding they are. How someone can wake up at three and expect you to carry them when you slept late. But you have to just spend time with them. <laughs> I now see why I told people to write. Revelation 3 verse 1. The Bible says, And to the angel of the church in Sardis, Right. These things saith he that has, you can give me the New King James now, that has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Give me the Amplified. This is referring to Jesus. And it says who has the seven spirits of God and then in brackets, the sevenfold Holy Spirit. The sevenfold Holy Spirit. Now, one would first ask themselves the question, does it mean there are seven Holy Spirits? The Amplified puts it as sevenfold Holy Spirit. Now, I decided to use myself as an example to show you how the sevenfold Holy Spirit works. The first question I was asked was addressing me as a pastor. The second question I was asked was addressing me in the area of consultancy. The third question I was asked was addressing me in the area of marriage. 
The fourth question I was asked had to do with one of my hobbies, which is football. And the fifth one I was asked had to do with uh, my education and career path, which is in development. The sixth one I was asked had to do with authoring. And the seventh had to do with another hat I put on as a father. Now, the aim was not to blow my own horn because there are so many of you who we can ask you questions in different areas of life. But I was trying to show you that it's possible to be one person but have different facets about your personality. But then people can only benefit from them if they've interacted with you in those areas. In short, if you only know one aspect of the Holy Spirit and ignore the other aspects about the Holy Spirit, you'll find yourself interacting and only benefiting from him in one area and yet there are other areas you could have benefited from. That was the purpose of the skit we just did. So, Bawemi, it was nothing personal. I had, <laughs> I had the names I was going to point at, and I had the order exactly. So, it was nothing personal. Uh, Esther, next time, choose Bawemi. Eh? How many of you have learned something from the skit? Ladies and gentlemen, should I re-explain it? Or have you understood it? You've understood? How many of you think you've understood it well? How many of you have understood it? How many of you we are still moving on? Okay. We're still looking into the matter, right? Okay. So here's what I want to explain. In the book of Revelations, we are shown that Jesus has the seven spirits of God. The Amplified says the sevenfold Holy Spirit. So Seven spirits of God does not mean there are seven Holy Spirits. It means there is one Holy Spirit, but there are different facets of his personality which he expresses. And he expresses them in a sevenfold manner. So the purpose of the skit was to show you that on one hand, I can be a pastor. On the other hand, I can be a football enthusiast. On the other hand, I can be a developmental analyst, but I can still be one person, and then people will relate with me based on the side of me they know. However, if a person knew all the sides, we can have a very healthy relationship because we can address all the areas. You have 30 more seconds now to discuss with your neighbor what you think the skit meant and relate it to the sevenfold Holy Spirit quickly. Okay. 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 Say glory. glory. I'm told a gentleman texted a sister and said, I've realized you didn't know the other facet of me. My name is Will, God's Will. <laughs> okay. Um Let's see, who wants to volunteer to tell us three things about their neighbor's personality? Bawemi, 
<laughs> As we prepare to read Isaiah 11 verse 1. But wait a minute, tell us three things about your neighbor's personality. They're even holding a mic for you. But wait a minute, quickly. Your mic is not even working. Uh-huh. Yes, she's told me she loves being a big sister to her younger siblings. Have any faith? Where's faith? Okay. And then what else has she told you? She loves music. Uh-huh. Probably the reason she's in spas. Uh-huh. And the last thing that she told... I have forgotten. <laughs> you had one. <laughs> okay. I can tell you the third thing about her. We started COO Kasana in her house. Her aunt's house. Okay. Isaiah 11... Now we're going to define the sevenfold Holy Spirit. So seven aspects of his personality. So just to be clear, how many Holy Spirits are there? There's one Holy Spirit, right? And then in terms of his personality, his personality is described in how many ways? Okay, so are there seven Holy Spirits? So the sevenfold aspect is his personality, right? Okay, let's continue. So there shall come forth a rod. And these teachings, you need them because remember I promised to teach you about his fullness. You only understand it when you understand these things. From the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Let me also just explain that I'm not talking about the manifestations of the Spirit. The manifestations of the Spirit have to do with his power. So, for example, one person, like the power of God, can hit them electricity. That's a manifestation. Another person, the power of God, can hit them, and they're just crying. Another person, the power of God can hit them and they do a somersault. There are diversities of ways in which he manifests. But then the purpose is not the somersault or the The purpose is what that power came to produce. I'm saying this because I, I, I had situations. Please take a seat. I, I remember there was a time where I joined an intercession group at the church that I was at before. And they began to think that I wasn't prayerful because uh, I wasn't shouting when praying. I was a bit lower. But then I had a reason why I was doing that because we were praying outside at 03 and I didn't want to lose my voice. And then you know what ended up happening? When it was time for church, they had all lost their voices. So I was now the one who was leading. <laughs> no, because we had a responsibility to lead for the whole church. So I, someone had to keep their voice. <laughs> <laughs> the brain. <laughs> so I'm not talking about the manifestations such as the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, or anything like that. Or diversities of operations of God. I've taught all those things, right? Because God has got different ways he operates. What I'm talking about is the manifestation of his personality. So, talking of Jesus, and the Bible tells us that Jesus had the fullness of the spirit. The Bible tells us that he had the spirit without measure. And we're even told why he had the spirit without measure. And you'll learn the key to having the spirit without measure, but not today. So it says, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. 
Let's begin to count. The spirit of the Lord. The spirit of wisdom. Spirit of understanding. Spirit of counsel. Spirit of might. Spirit of knowledge. Spirit of the fear of the Lord. So we've got the sevenfold Holy Spirit. Let's count again. Number one, spirit of the Lord. Number two, spirit of wisdom. Number three, number four, number five, number six, number seven, praise God. So I want to give a brief description of each of them. Just a brief one. There's a whole teaching I did on each of them needs a series. Each of them needs a series. The spirit of the Lord has to do with dominion. Notice how Jesus introduced his ministry. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Then what immediately comes up? Because he has anointed me to do A, B, C, D. To do this, to do this, to do this. And usually when the spirit of the Lord manifests, there is a superimposing presence. Like where he, I don't know if you're getting me, there's a super imposing presence that it, it causes you to dominate, especially in your area of assignment. And to do a divine assignment, you need the spirit of the Lord. You need the spirit of the Lord. Like, you know what I mean? Let me give you an example. Um, over the weekend, as a man of God, Pastor Cham, he had a prayer marathon, right? Now, to call thousands to come pray for 24 hours, you need the Spirit of the Lord. Now, I attended a few hours of it, and I've known him for some years. I think we met, I'm trying to remember, I was, I was his birthday gift. <laughs> They had organized a birthday party for him, so they organized me to go there as a surprise because I think he had wanted to meet. That was 2013, 2014. Should have been Arnold and Grace organized that. Grace ended up being his wife. So now, um, <laughs> so anyways, so I hope you know how to find. So now I've <laughs> just organized me. <laughs> So nevertheless, um, and we've interacted, I think, uh, just the previous day before the overnight, we had a call. We were praying together. Now, during the overnight, I looked at him and I couldn't recognize the person I was talking to the previous day because the spirit of the Lord came upon him. And that's where now some of us who maybe serve, like let's say in protocol, in ushering, in this, in this, you need to have discernment. Because you'll find sometimes the pastor who walked in, something changes. I've experienced this uh, several times. I think Pastor Lassus gave a testimony of a little boy who his the stuff was here. 
I remember that well. And they brought him. And for the first time at a meeting, okay, it's not the first time, but for the first time in a while at a meeting, I felt scared. Because one of the ways which God has called me is to demonstrate his power. Now, demonstrating his, the ministry of demonstrating his power is a bit, it's very risky. Because for me, uh, because of that particular way he's called me, when it comes to, let's say, healings, there are some of them that God doesn't allow to happen unless I pray for the person with everyone watching. That's what happens with me. You find I'm trying. Nothing is happening. And I don't know. He wants everyone to see the miracle. <laughs> so this little boy is brought. And I'm like, and you know, like, there was one miracle that happened at that meeting. There were a lot of miracles. But there was one miracle which I prepared for. You know you can prepare to do a miracle, right? It says the workings of miracles. So you can actually work a miracle. So there was a woman who had texted me. Uh, she had her esophagus closed. And so she had texted me and said, I need prayer. So I said, come for the meeting. I didn't know she was admitted. Oh, she discharged herself. Don't do that. So she discharged herself and drove to the meeting. Then in the meeting, her esophagus opened. And God healed her. We met just, well, I remember when we met, and she was saying she has just come give a testimony here. She's completely healed and all that kind of stuff. She was also healed of, I think it was HIV level three, from what she mentioned. And three or four, I didn't even know what that was, still don't. So now, um, <laughs> I know for me, sometimes when you over research these things, your faith can. <laughs> so I, <laughs> no, the Lord gives you grace. So, <laughs> yeah, they had to come explain to me, Pastor, the reason. Okay. So then, that miracle has happened and I'm now satisfied. Like the conference is done. Let's go home. I am just told, uh, Pastor Elo, you know how protocol are. They've got so much faith. Okay, so I was telling you what happened, right? So this, this boy is brought and like his ribs, whatever, stuff is like this side. Some form of scoliosis. So when I saw that, I'm like, ah, God, <laughs> not today. <laughs> And you know what I did? I did something very strange. I walked out. I walked out of the hall. And when I walked out, I walked out, I said, God, why me? <laughs> then the moment I reached, I felt something on me like a jacket. And I turned back, walked back in, and said, bring him to me. And I knew it was a manifestation of the Spirit of the Lord. Because the Spirit of the Lord will bring dominion. Also bring boldness. And I said, bring him to me. And I, I, it's one of the craziest things I've seen before. And I'm, I said, talking to it. I said, align. And then, like you're watching and it's like... Doof, 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 doof. And that's now an interaction with the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord also brings influence. The Bible says of Gideon that the spirit of the Lord came upon him. He blew a trumpet and a clan gathered to him. The guy who used to be the weakest was now blowing a trumpet and a clan gathered. Do you know that the Holy Spirit can make you influential? Do you know that you can be in class and maybe a perspective is about to be given and maybe they are saying, let's have this test on Sunday. 
And you can raise your hand and say, I don't think it should be on Sunday. Let's move it. And everyone just follows your view. But me, who would want to listen to me? Do you think people wanted to listen to Peter? How come before the Spirit of God came on Peter, we never heard that as he was a fisherman, thousands would come hear him? No, they wanted his fish, not his voice. But then when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, Peter ended up being such an influence that 3,000 people got saved in one day. Because when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, what happens is that he superimposes himself over your personality. That's why you find somebody who was like, hi, hi, and then the Spirit of the Lord comes upon them, they become loud in that moment. Have you ever seen that before? Or like me, who's like a very quiet person. Suddenly, I become slightly talkative because he superimposes himself. I'm teaching you guys some ministry secrets, but can I just tell you one quickly? Which is why you must work on your personality. If you want to, if you want to interact with the highest realms of God and it doesn't destroy you, work on your personality. Let me tell you why I say so. Because if the Spirit of God, if, if when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, everything about you is amplified, then if you have anger issues, your anger will be anger promax. It means when the anointing is on you. That why do you think Elisha, Elisha cursed those kids and bears came and ate them. Wherever the bears came from. That wasn't the influence of, how can I put it? That's not the character of God. Because Elisha could have also just commanded hair on his head to grow. <laughs> yeah, well, he could have just commanded hair to grow. But then the emotion that was working the most there was anger. And so when, they are, when the spirit of the Lord came upon him, it amplified the anger. So now, if your challenge is sexual perversion, Let me teach what I'm supposed to be teaching. If I was teaching faster, I would teach a bit different. If your challenge is perverted, or let's say you're one of those people who can talk to, can talk to people in such a way that uh, anyone can fall in love with you. It was supposed to be a graceful evangelism so that people fall in love with Jesus. But somehow, <laughs> like truly it was a graceful evangelism. But You've diverted the grace. You'll find the spirit of the Lord comes upon you. You find now how you use that influence. Then there is the spirit of wisdom and understanding. Do you remember Jesus praying? There's a very interesting portion of scripture where in John it says he breathed on them and said receive the Holy Spirit. But then the same scenario in Luke says then he opened their understanding to the scriptures. Where these guys were with Jesus three years, they never understood what he was saying. Do you know that it's possible? (laughs) 
Jesus even told them that you guys don't understand much. However, when the Holy Spirit comes, you explain this stuff to you. So they never understood what Jesus was saying. For three years, they were getting snippets of it. They had knowledge of what he was saying, but they didn't have understanding. How, why do you think they could start rumors over his teachings? Ladies and gentlemen, it's only towards the end that they understood. As a matter of fact, they understood when he resurrected. They were just loyal. <laughs> Guys, I'm getting you thinking. <laughs> okay, look at uh, Luke 24, verse 45. This is after Jesus has resurrected. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Next verse. Then he said to them, thus it is written and that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. They had no understanding. That's why Peter, and that's why without understanding, you can rebuke someone. You're not supposed to rebuke. Peter tried to rebuke Jesus. When Jesus said what the things he must, he must suffer, Peter had a revelation that he's the Christ, the son of the living God, but he never had an understanding of the scriptures that the Christ, the son of the living God, would have to suffer. So after he says he's the Christ, the son of the living God, Jesus told them the persecutions he must have and how he must suffer. And then Peter took him aside and said, far be it from you. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Why? Because Satan loves playing with ignorance. That's usually where he enters. And sometimes Satan can come as wisdom. Sometimes he can even come as care. He can take advantage of a person's care for another person. Yeah. So he then, at this point, he opened their understanding that they might understand. And then notice that's when he then explained to them, no, so that's why it was written that the Christ has to suffer. So like, oh, no wonder. So that day when you said, Shani, destroy this temple and in three days I'll build it. Obviously the disciples went this year laughing about Thinking, <laughs> like what temple? Temple Buanji. Not knowing that he was talking about himself. They never had understanding. Are you guys following? <laughs> but then, I want you to see the same scenario in the book of John. In the book of John chapter 20 and it should be verse 22. John 20 verse 22. And he said, and when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Notice it's the same scenario. So one just says he opened their understanding. The other one says he breathed on them. Because technically, the fullness of the spirit living in them came acts. Whew. Let's go back. Wisdom and understanding. Wisdom. Did I talk about wisdom? Wisdom, I think, have you noticed Paul writing to the church in, is it Ephesians 3? Saying that you might receive the spirit of wisdom, Right? No, Ephesians 1, 16. The spirit of revelation and wisdom, right? Something like that. Wisdom is a force that manifests in different ways. It's a force. And you should remind me, we'll talk about the kinds of wisdom that the Bible describes. There is a wisdom. There is one which is called the wisdom of the just. You'll see it when the Bible talks about John the Baptist. It says, 
talks about the wisdom of the just. With that wisdom, it's a wisdom that those who are righteous naturally have over what to do and what not to do. And then there is a way wisdom can manifest where sometimes it can work without your consciousness. At a moment one time where I was walking and then I didn't, I think I was busy, I was thinking about something and I didn't see that there was this tree which had this stick that was coming out which was in the height of my uh, face or my eye somewhere there. And so as I'm walking, I went, whoa, I didn't even realize something had happened. The other time I'm walking right here and I'm walking slowly and then without warning, like I was walking like my usual pace, then I just went, and then when I ran, like a car just reversed quickly from nowhere, like vroom, it would have been on the exact same spot. It means there was a wisdom that was functioning. There's a wisdom where you just suddenly remember, like you are not doing anything, you are not thinking about it, boom, I didn't lock the door. And you just get up and go and lock it. It's, it's, it's a spirit of wisdom. <laughs> That's actually a manifestation of wisdom. I'll teach on wisdom. You will understand. There's wisdom, understanding, there's counsel. I'm not going to go into details of all of them. Are you, are you interested though? Soon. But I have to finish now. So there's counsel. This is where you know what to do and when to do it. But this one is more specific. Do you remember when Jesus says, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. I've given you a personal example of one of the truths he guided me into. Where there was, an, there was a test I was having on a Monday and the course was being taught on a Saturday. And the gist of that course was being taught on a Saturday. But I had a conference. So I decided I would go for the WEM conference in the afternoon. It was going to be the first time I was missing the morning part. And I heard God say, you're not going to do that. Like, and you know, there are times where God talks, there are times he talks to you as a son, as a friend, and there are times where he just goes, hey, wait. <laughs> and guys, <laughs> so I just yielded. He didn't even talk, I just yielded. He didn't tell me what the result would be. I go for the conference, and at lunchtime, I check my phone, and oh my God, someone posted a photo of what they learned. It looked like Greek. I had no idea what it was. I yielded, Sunday, preached, after church, uh, went and asked uh, good Samaritans to show me what they learned. In life, it's to be humble. <laughs> and honestly, they tried their level best. <laughs> and that's why you should be a good person. Also, in your class. So they tried their level best. Sunday evening, waking up into Monday morning, I have a dream. And in the dream, is a man. He looks at me. He's writing certain things on the, on the board. And then he looks at me and says, when you wake up, you should check that formula you've memorized. Even you had memorized it. Then he says, because you've left out a negative sign. So I woke up, and I went and checked the formula, and for sure, I'd left out a negative sign. Now, I'm not going to tell you whether I was the highest in that paper. Because, you know, I don't, I, I'm a humble person. <laughs> but then there was a specific counsel. Uh, one of the questions I've been asked sometimes, some of the systems we've come up with, let's say in church, you can ask the team. Sometimes it'll just be a day, it'll just be seated, and the Holy Spirit will say, you should do this like this, and like this, and like this. And when you do it like this, and like this, this will happen like this, and like that. I saw this manifestation in the COVID period. Um, I know people thought maybe churches will lose their members, they'll lose this, they'll lose that, they'll lose that. No, it didn't happen. Firstly, by the Spirit of the Lord, we took dominion. We didn't lose anyone. No one died. 
we've got too much work to do. Then secondly, God gave us counsel on how to handle certain things. Do you know that the Holy Spirit can give you counsel saying for your specific business to work, try this. You know, he can give you counsel and say, I first experienced this one of the first times in grade 12. Two months before the final exam, I had 49% in maths in the mock. I thought my mom would be mad and she would shout at me. She took me for a drink and said, no, I still believe in you. I'm like, oh. No, that was worse. <laughs> I wanted to be shouted at. And now I was trying, so I sat, have you ever sat down and had a conversation with yourself? I sat, okay, do I blame the teacher? I... <laughs> there were those temptations. And then my challenge was, I know I'm smart. I'm like, how can I be getting these grades? I'm... And then I remember, I heard the Holy Spirit, I literally heard him say, the problem is you're too fast when you're writing. Like, what? And you know, I'm like, to be fair, I'm fast. Exams. I'm like one of the fastest people I know. I don't, I'm not trying to be fast. I'm just fast. There was one time I had, a, I had an overnight in Kawe. And my exam was at 14. I literally told the team to come pick me up at 16. And for sure, I gave everyone a 10-minute head start. 15, somewhere there. I was done. 30 minutes, I prepared my sermon on the question paper. Uh, then I did that 10 minutes for where you're feeling shy. Then eventually I left. It's just the way I am. But that, that can work better with courses where you're writing. But with calculations, you have to be slow. So he says, the problem is that you're too fast. And then he tells me, start doing a lot of past papers and do them slowly. And so I got those. You know those where the answers are there so you can mark. And what I was doing is, where I've just missed out like something, I would just correct it. And I would hear him say, don't do that. So in my private sessions with him guiding me, it would move from 40-something, 50-something, 60-something. By the exam, I got a one in that math exam. Now, what did I say earlier? The side of the Holy Spirit you're not exposing yourself to, you won't experience the benefit in full. It's like what I said earlier about some of you are missing out on vast knowledge about how Alan Shearer uh, won the league with Blackburn in 95 because you've never asked. We've never had a conversation with it. <laughs> like, ask him. Ask him. And the Holy Spirit can talk to you about some of the... <laughs> let me not say that. But the Holy Spirit can talk to you about certain things that no one else can. So there's the spirit of counsel. It says he will guide you into all truth. And then it says he will tell you of things to come. Tomorrow doesn't have to be a mystery for a believer. There are certain things you should be certain of. You can come to a place where you say, so what will happen on Thursday is that a call will come on my line at 13 hours and this and this and this will happen. That's actually for every believer when you understand him as counsel. That also means that the Holy Spirit can tell you something even about your marriage. He can tell you something about your relationship. He can tell you something about this, about that, about that. And that is why when you've had a bad situation in any area, here's one advice I'll give you if you want to grow in hearing the Spirit of God. As much as some things are not explainable, sometimes try to sit and reflect and think, were there any signs that the Holy Spirit was speaking to me? And I meandered around them. Because the Holy Spirit is not dumb. The Holy Spirit speaks. And then the Holy Spirit didn't just speak. He communicates. 
What do I mean when I say he communicates? By that I mean Have I talked to her? What have I done? I've communicated. Many of us are always waiting for a voice, but we miss out on the nudgings, the 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 like this, like this, the meanderings. And the thing is, sometimes we think for us to get the communication with the Holy Spirit, we have to be like in a state of spiritual ecstasy, like we always have to be in the. That's when. That's when, like. An hour after, you hear, I am the Lord. Fear me. That doesn't happen every day. Sometimes, what happens is, you're washing the plates, and then you realize the plate is not clean. And this is when our spirit of knowledge comes in, because he teaches. You're washing the plate, or maybe you go, have you ever, have you ever, (laughs) <laughs> and in case you want to know that the Holy Spirit communicates, just remember that I, your mother, used to give you. So, have you, <laughs> when there are visitors and they are running around, then in the left corner, <laughs> which says, continue like this and you will see. <laughs> Once the eye comes, it's over. If it comes the first time, Maybe you can, if it comes the second time. <laughs> okay. I've reached, the, I've reached the place where we usually end service. But can I have like just five more minutes? Is that okay with you? I, I just really have to finish this part. <laughs> so, there's the aspect of counsel where he can, I think knowledge, I was giving an example of knowledge. So, here you are. You are You've gone to get a plate to eat. And then you notice that it wasn't washed properly. It's got some dirt on it. And then you hear the Holy Spirit saying, so similarly, that's how I also love to use clean vessels. The same way you don't want to eat on something that's dirty. So the same way you're going to wash it, you also go shine shine with the water of the word. Who's ever had such an experience? Sometimes you think it's something that told you. But where maybe sometimes a circumstance happens and then there's just a knowledge and the wisdom that you get from it. No wonder Jesus, and notice, let me just tell you something about what the Holy Spirit teaches. He uses a lot of personal examples. How do I know? Because Jesus always used to use personal examples. He tells those guys, because those guys had challenges. He says, you guys are evil, but you give good gifts to your children. How much more the father? He tells these other guys, a farmer went to sow. What was Jesus doing most of the time? Telling stories. A farmer went to sow. And he told stories that were relatable to the people of his day. That will also help you with your dream interpretation. Dreams sometimes come in the language of God, and then sometimes they come in the language of man. And from what I've observed, there's usually a combination of the two. I've had dreams where 80% of the dream was popcorn. There was just like a 10% which was of God. And then now the discernment to recognize that part. And then also there's part of it that comes in the language of man. So, for example, if I dream about the University of Zambia or if I dream about material boys, 
there is something I will appreciate about the dream which a person who was not at those institutions can't, God would have no business using that as an example. So there are certain things that maybe God will show me based on a place I was or somebody I know. That's something I've noticed. Or sometimes when God wants you to intercede, even just in general, he might show you a person who you care about, knowing that if it's that person, you'll wake up and pray. If he just showed you that it's a random person from um, Sesheke, you might not wake up and pray. You might just say, God be with them. There was a time I had a terrible dream and it involved some of my loved ones. My God, I prayed. I think when I was done praying, it's like, okay, God said, no, the dream wasn't about them. There's just a family this side that I wanted you to intercede for. <laughs> I interceded with passion. passion. So there's, there's knowledge where he gives you accurate knowledge about things. God can tell you, do you know how I made this lion? He can tell you things that science can't. Then, there is the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And then, here's the interesting part about the spirit of the fear of the Lord. I'll give you verse 3. The spirit of the fear of the Lord is the spirit of holiness. And I think I taught on holiness. Now, here's why you should take verse 3 seriously. His delight is in the fear of the Lord. Oh, I left out the spirit of might, right? Spirit of might will come in. Uta, wala, kretos, power. Yeah, it, it has to do with it's, it's very similar to the spirit of the Lord, but the spirit of might doesn't just, it's not just forceful. It also gives you stamina against the fight of the devil. Yeah. You, it's very useful in spiritual warfare. But then his delight is in the fear of the Lord. Why? Because the fear of the Lord, that's the one that can get you to heaven. <laughs> his delight is in the fear of the Lord. And what is the fear of the Lord? The fear of the Lord has got two aspects of it. One, there is the understanding that this God is a righteous judge of all. He's the big guy. He can do with you home and away. And then two, there is the healthy understanding that you don't want to be without him. He's not someone you'd want to be without because he's that important to you. And that's where Jesus' delight is in. It's in the fear of the Lord. I've said all this because in the Bible, you see Solomon who had the spirit of wisdom, but then he didn't have the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And yet in his wisdom, he even thought about the fear of the Lord. But then he lost the fear of the Lord and ended up losing the kingdom because he lost the fear of the Lord. By losing the kingdom, I mean for his generations. So it's possible to be wise. You even know how to give people good advice. But without the fear of the Lord, there's a challenge. You see in the scriptures that there was Samson who had the spirit of might, but he didn't have the spirit of wisdom. Samson had might, but he didn't have wisdom. So he interacted. He knew the Holy Spirit as the one who comes and makes me better. But didn't know the Holy Spirit as the one who can warn him and say, don't be with Delilah. Notice David, a man who was, David was a man after God's heart. And when you see David, you see manifestations of more of them. Because how, how I know David had the fear of the Lord is that even when he sinned and the prophet came and warned him, he was convicted. And then hear his prayer. He's saying, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And he says, take not your spirit from me. David didn't say, don't take the kingdom. No, at least leave me with the crown. David didn't cry about the kingdom. He cried about the relationship with God. That's what he cried about. That, that's what bothered him the most. Have you noticed that? So what am I trying to say? Sometimes in raising believers and also with myself. 
I've noticed that there is a poor balance because you find that people only know one side of the Holy Spirit. So if I'm to say you're going to encounter the Holy Spirit today, the first thing that comes to your mind might be the side of the Holy Spirit you know. Why am I saying this? Because if today the Holy Spirit came and said, Sama, um, because he's word counselor for China, right? China word what? Chawinda 133. Actually, where I live, where I shifted, he's my cancer. Good <laughs> church. He's my protocol. <laughs> open the water for me, Indisha. Even open. <laughs> okay, so now, if the Holy Spirit comes and says, Summer, um, there's someone in your ward that I want you to help. I need you to be at the office at this time because some people are going to come. And they're like. And then there was another person who their encounter was. As we're walking, the power hit them. They fell to the ground and then there was a fire in their hand and the Holy Spirit told them, you're going to walk in healing from now on. What has happened is this. Both of them have had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Except they've interacted with different facets of his personality. So now, some of you listening to me might think you're going through a dry season when you're not. He's just talking to you differently. He's just showing you like, oh, you know this side? Now let me show you the other side. Some of you listening to me may need to grow in several other areas of encountering him because the transformation will take place. That's why sometimes you have people fall down and stand up and nothing is being transformed because for them, maybe their deliverance needs knowledge. I'll give you an example. If you feel that in your family there's been certain patterns you know what I would advise you? I'm going to deal with them. One, the spirit of the... Firstly, for you to deal with yourself, knowledge. The Bible says by knowledge shall they just be delivered. And then take that knowledge into prayer and manifest dominion and the spirit of the Lord over you and over them. You'll see what will happen. Laying of hands, falling down and getting up. may be limited in that scenario. And then there are other spiritual challenges that needs an intensity which may need to come with prayer and fasting. You've noticed for you, whenever there's an exam, you suddenly are not well. You know what you do? Forget the exam period. When there's a period where there isn't one, have some time of intensity to pray. And then now invest in the knowledge of God. Why am I saying knowledge? Knowledge can give you access to a realm that's higher. Remember, there is the key of knowledge. So knowledge can open doors. Doors that you used to break through. Boom, 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 boom. Sometimes the Spirit of God can give you a specific knowledge. Why you just come open the key. And you enter. And the rest of the time you're just worshiping him. There's one final comment I wanted to make. I said all this to tell you that if you want to encounter the Spirit of God and you want Him to transform you, be consistently studying the Word. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, The Lord is Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. 18 says, And all of us with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the Word of God as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are constantly being transfigured into His very own image in ever-increasing splendor from one degree of glory to another. 
Okay. Um, I've just uh, passed the time I'm supposed to have, but I'm not done. It's a very important point I wanted to tell you about Solomon and why he had... Why, I want to tell you why Solomon responded the way he responded. I'll let you know soon. Solomon's response to God when God asked him was not coincidental. But the Bible didn't say God told him to respond like that. There's somewhere he learned it from. Similarly, there's somewhere Samuel learned it from. So meaning, and the first time Samuel hears God sounds in the voice of Eli. There are certain patterns I can tell you about how God speaks to us, especially in this ministry, which might actually be very helpful for your own personal relationship. So let me let you know during the week. Have you been blessed? Okay. Um, the Spirit of God told me there are some people who needed healing today. Is it possible for you to stay back when I'm done? Those who needed uh, your bodies to be healed. What I'll do is that when I close the service, we'll allow those to go, and I'll remain with those who needed their bodies to be healed. It could be one person, it could be more than one, but the Spirit of God clearly told me that some people needed healing. Your week is blessed. All is well with you. Your week is full of good news. And you encounter the Holy Spirit. Say after me, say, Holy Spirit, encounter me the way you want to. I'm open to new things, to manifestations of your power, to manifestations of your personality.